With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour one. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I hope some of you have blue sky. I haven't seen this blue sky in days, and it's pouring down rain outside. Blech. Well, happening now, uh, this Tim Scott just wrapped up in South Carolina. Here, here's some of the sound. This administration has taxed, borrowed, and spent trillions of dollars trying to replace a hand up with handouts. And all they bought us. All they bought us was crushing inflation that has devastated families like the one I was raised in. Like many poor families, we moved around a lot. By the time I was in the fourth grade, I had attended four different elementary schools. And as my nephew shared so publicly, wow, little Ben, my little buddy, gosh darn, thanks so much for that. By the time I was a freshman in high school, I wasn't doing very well. As he said, I felt four subjects, Spanish and English, world geography, and civics. (laughs) Now, for those of you not familiar with civics, civics is the study of politics. (laughs) I will say this though, I'll say this. Hey, hallelujah, yes, yes, yes. I'll say this though, I'll say this. After 10 years in the Senate, I am not the only one failing civics in the nation's capital. I'm not the only one failing civics in America's capital. But that is where I found my unhappy self. My mom was a tireless encourager, and she still is. But when she saw my report card that year at the end, come on, come on. You said, come on, I wish that's what she said, but she had a different approach. She introduced me to a different form of encouragement. It was applied from right about here all the way down to here. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. Well, then you realize I went to summer school caught up with my class, and I never failed another subject for the rest of my life. All right, that's a little bit of Tim Scott giving his biography to people. She declares he's running for president, says he will use the military against the drug traffickers in Mexico. He will leave no American uh, stranded abroad, will defend them. Uh, A shot of the president's handling Afghanistan uh, says he will cut taxes, get America back on the right track, and he will finish the Cold War that China started. Uh, Tim Scott announcing in Charleston, South Carolina today. Nikki Haley announced in Charleston, South Carolina two months ago 
Scott has a formidable war chest going into this. Uh, Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina, has built a super PAC, been raising money very aggressively, giving it to candidates around the country. John Thune, uh, one of the Dakota senators, uh, he's, I guess, number three in the Senate. He, he talked about as a Mitch McConnell uh, replacement uh, when that time comes. John Thune endorsing Tim Scott out of the gate, his first prominent endorsement. Donald Trump coming out on uh, Truth Social, praising Tim Scott and using the same uh, Truth Social post to attack Ron DeSantis, which kind of tells you where his thinking is. The Trump calculus is the more the merrier in the race, the more people in the race, the better it is for Donald Trump. So he is welcoming Tim Scott into the race. I think you should welcome Tim Scott into the race. I think you should. We are at a historic milestone now where it is education, not race, that more and more drives the party apparatus. Uh, the more highly educated you are, the more likely you are to be a Democrat. If you're a blue-collar, working-class voter, you're more likely to be a Republican. Uh, you, you've got a uh, just a college degree. You're kind of split between the parties. The more advanced degrees you have, graduate and postgraduate degrees you have, the more likely you are to be a Democratic Party voter and in a smaller and smaller pool of people. Black and Hispanic voters and even Asian voters have been moving more and more to the GOP, not in large numbers, but in enough numbers to rebuild a Republican coalition and make it a potentially majority coalition. Even in New Mexico, there's new data out in New Mexico, a state that the Democrats did very well in. But if you actually look at the numbers in New Mexico, there was a sizable Hispanic shift even in New Mexico, a state that had been trending Democrat and now may be trending back to the GOP because of Hispanic votes. But it goes beyond Tim Scott. Tim Scott, what is so notable about him, in addition to being a major party, credible candidate running for president who is black, and I know there will be Alan Keyes supporters saying, well, he did it first, he did it first. But Alan Keyes was not a United States senator. He was not elected to the Senate. And, and Ben Carson, yes, Ben Carson as well. He, he was a, a brain surgeon. Neither of them were elected to the United States Senate in leadership positions, and that's what makes Scott notable. Uh, it's not just a credible candidate for the presidency of the United States as a Republican, but one who comes as an elected official for a state, and not just any state, but the state wherein the Civil War started. That historically is notable. But it comes beyond Tim Scott. You've got Byron Donalds in leadership in the House of Representatives, a black Republican in Florida. You've got Daniel Cameron, the Attorney General in Kentucky, is now going to be the Republican gubernatorial nominee in Kentucky. He's a Mitch McConnell protege. He's backed by Donald Trump and by Rand Paul. Daniel Cameron, that's notable. You know, you've got Larry Elder in the race as well. Uh, people forget about him. He did declare his candidacy. I'm not sure why. Tim Scott's going to go on a whirlwind tour. He's going to be in Sioux City, Iowa on Wednesday, Merrimack, New Hampshire on Thursday. He's reserved $6 million in ads on television and radio. He's got uh, Mike Rounds from South Dakota backing him. He's got John Thune backing him as well. He's banked $13 million as of last year in his Opportunity Matters Fund. 
By the way, I, I know Tim Scott. Tim Scott is a friend, and I also know several of the people who are working for Tim Scott. They are friends. They are good Christian people. Now, I say that deliberately, good Christian people, because what you're going to hear from Tim Scott on the campaign trail is going to be a blending of his faith and a pro-America opportunity message. You're not going to have angry Tim Scott on the campaign stage blasting everyone. He's certainly going to go after the Democrats. He is certainly going to uh, criticize the Democrats. He's going to criticize other Republicans. He's going to criticize the Biden record, the Harris record. He's actually done a lot in his speech today, taking it to Biden, Harris, and their failures on fentanyl, that they were willing to close down the country to stop a virus, but they're not willing to close down the border to stop fentanyl. That's one of his lines today. But he's not going to be the angry man on stage. He wants to be the happy warrior. Tim Scott, actually, his his political philosophy is actually grounded in his faith, and you have to understand that, that you talk to Tim Scott, he talks about he's, he's read the back of the book, he's on the winning team, so why should he be upset? There are certainly things that make him angry, but he's a happy warrior. Now, the DeSantis team and a lot of the others say, well, he's not really in it to win it, he's in it to be vice president. Maybe so, but I think he's actually in it to win it. So Tim Scott wants to carve out a lane for himself in this run as the happy warrior. Tim Scott wants to take the position of, I love this country. I love my fellow men and women in this country, even if some of them don't like me. I'm not going to go out and and be the nasty, mean attack dog. I'm going to go out and tell everyone, remind everyone how awesome this country is. He did that in his speech today. He's a descendant of slaves in South Carolina. A descendant of slaves in South Carolina, as a Republican, has declared himself a candidate for the presidency and represents Fort Sumter in the United States Senate. He has been called the N-word repeatedly by Democrats. He's been called an Uncle Tom. Sometimes they refer to him as Uncle Tim. He's been referred to by all sorts of pejoratives of the left for working on police reform, working on budgeting reform, working on criminal justice reform, uh, working on tax cuts, working on economic reforms in this country. Uh, he has been assailed by the left. They don't like the fact that Tim Scott is on the right. In fact, you know, a, a number of my friends who are black Republicans tell me that they keep in the closet to a degree because you never encounter anyone nastier in politics than a Democrat upset with a black person voting Republican. There is a special, like, level of rage and apoplexy Democrats get into when a Republican is black. You can kind of see it with the NAACP attacks on Florida right now. The NAACP, we'll talk about this later, uh, they're attacking Ron DeSantis in Florida now, saying it's not a safe place for black people to live, never won't mind. It's the number one destination uh, for black people to move in this country right now. They don't like the fact in Florida that a lot of black people voted for Ron DeSantis. Same in South Carolina. Democrats don't like the fact that Tim Scott was able to win a sizable portion of the black vote there. You even see this in the way that Democrats attack Donald Trump. Donald Trump did a lot better than a lot of other Republicans getting the black vote, particularly young black men, and it infuriates Democrats because Democrats have always expected to be able to take the black vote for granted, and they can't anymore. There are interesting trends shaping up, and those trends include a movement 
to the Republican Party by non-white voters who do not want to be in the party of the highly educated white secularist, which is what the Democratic Party is becoming. The Republican and the Democratic coalitions are going through upheaval. And the Democrats are very used to having the black vote and taking it for granted, and they can't do that as much anymore. What we're finding, what the Democrats are even seeing, is that black voters are more and more turned off by Joe Biden, and they're turned off by the secular left. Black voters in this country tend to be way more religious than white voters. You add into the Democratic Party uh, highly educated, secular white Republicans, it's a turnoff. And Tim Scott thinks he has a compelling message for them. We'll see how it plays out. But for now, welcome to the race, Tim Scott. You got your work cut out for you. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, my show. If you want to call in, phone lines are open, 877-973-7425. The Daily Signal over at the Heritage Foundation has an interesting story about Fox News. You know, I, I have said for a while, it's been notable to me that when Fox News reports on trans issues, that instead of calling the biological male male, uh, Fox embraces the pronoun. So Dylan Mulvaney, the the effeminate gay man who decided to dress the part of a woman, is referred to as a she, even though he is a he. Uh, And now comes word from the Daily Signal that uh, a leaked policy exposes Fox News' stance on woke ideology. Um, The revelations show that at Fox News... Uh, If a man wants to use a woman's bathroom, uh, they are allowed and you must use someone's preferred pronouns in the building or you could be disciplined. Now, you do have to understand something as a lot of conservatives are pointing out, haha, Fox has gone woke here. Part of the issue here is that Fox News is in New York City. And in New York City, there's actually legal liability for Fox News if it doesn't do this. So to comply with local laws, it's got to. But it doesn't have to do that in its editorial positions, and yet it more and more does do that. And in fact, uh, recently uh, profiled, well, last year profiled, uh, Rylan Whittington, the trans-Californian teen um, who is part of the LGBTQ plus Pride Month series and stuff. It's becoming clearer and clearer that a lot of, and you know, by the way, I worked there for five years and I can tell you behind the scenes, they're pretty progressive people. And it's a lot of conservatives are starting to point these things out about Fox, but I would be a little more generous to them on the uh, compliance issues of uh, trans employees in large part because they are in New York City. It is a legal issue there. And if they didn't comply, they would be in all sorts of legal trouble with New York. So they, they have no choice. They shouldn't be there. What I, I relay this, though, with another story. The Wall Street Journal, I thought we were done talking about Bud Light, but the Wall Street Journal has a big story out about Bud Light and the ongoing negative impact. Uh, Coors Light and Miller Light sales have increased. Bud Light sales have declined commiserately. Uh, one of the noticeable angles is that MBEV, which is the owner of the company, moved the sales and marketing hub of Anheuser-Busch from St. Louis, where Anheuser-Busch is headquartered, to New York City in 2015. Wholesalers were concerned that executives were out of touch with the drinkers of the company's flagship brands by moving there. And sure enough, 
we see that they were. It's kind of notable. Uh, the, you know, I was told for years that uh, by not going to New York and Washington for radio that I was sacrificing my career. Uh, and, and I don't know that that's the case these days, although I'll tell you, um, I, I was told the other day that I, I was being considered for some stations, but because I talk about God on the radio on occasion, uh, that's out the window. Uh, there, there certainly is within entertainment industry uh, biases towards a, 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 I guess, an elite secularism that is out of touch with core consumers in the marketplace. And this is certainly the case with Anheuser-Busch moving its sales to New York City with a New York worldview out of touch with the drinkers and the chickens are coming home to roost there. Same with Fox News to a degree, although Fox has always done a good job researching what people in the heartland think. Uh, it does pervade its editorial policies when they're referring to men as, as she's and people are starting to notice these things. You got to know who your audience is, people. That, I mean, that's just the reality of it. Now, we got to move on to other things. I will take your phone calls as well, 877-973-7425. Before I do, though, i got to tell you about Vision Computer because you can go call them at 404-COMPUTE anywhere in this nation and ask about the Eric Erickson special. If you go to visioncomputers.com, you're not going to see it. Listen, if you've got a business and you need computers for your business or for home, you need a computer for your home, and you're worried about getting the right computer, the genius of Vision Computers is that they'll talk to you about what you need and what you want. They will custom build the PC for you to meet your needs or those of your employees without adding all sorts of bells and whistles you don't need, but making sure that your computer over time can be upgraded and will sustain itself so you're not buying something that's instantly outmoded. And not only that, they then give you world-class tech support. And if you don't even use Vision Computer to buy your computer, you can pay a low annual fee and still use their tech support. And they can remote in to fix your computers. They can get your email set up. And they actually answer the phone, even deal with your printer problems. And they're easy to work with. They're not going to shame your employee for accidentally having the computer unplugged, things like that. They're really good to work with. They've got great tech support. And they actually answer the phone. Don't believe me. See it for yourself. Call them at 404-COMPUTE. Ask them about the Eric Erickson special. Let them be your IT department. Let them build the computers for your compute for your company or your home. You won't regret it. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, and I am delighted to have you with me. Across the nation, the phone number is 877-973-7425. Don't forget to text DATA to 33777. Why? Because... Uh, in addition to sending out some of the info on, on Tim Scott, I will keep you up to date with all the latest and you can get the show notes. All the stuff I talk about on the show, I give you the link so you can read it for yourself. You don't have to have me think for you. You can read the same articles. Where did the money go? That is a question. Where did the money go? I don't know if you've heard, but the Pentagon, surprise, surprise, surprise says it actually uh, miscalculated and has $3 billion left to spend on Ukraine and doesn't have to go to Congress yet. Uh, says that the, the, the money wasn't, the, the money's there. They're saying it's not an accounting gimmick. They just accidentally lost $3 billion or some such. Here's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. USA to Ukraine and critics who say there's not enough oversight going on. Um, are you concerned about this accounting error? 
Well, one thing I just want to make clear, that is not money that went out the, dis the door and disappeared. That is not uh, a waste of that $3 billion. It is simply a tally of how much military equipment we have given them. And the way that the Pentagon was counting it was, what's the replacement cost for the equipment we provide rather than just the actual cost of that equipment. Once you make that adjustment, it turns out we have an additional $3 billion that we can spend uh, to provide even more weapons to Ukraine. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, all the accounting gimmicks out there. So why should we believe the federal government that the debt ceiling is actually going to be reached on June 1st? Maybe they got a couple billion dollars in there that they weren't they they weren't sure about. It is possible. It is possible. Now, I I, I got to spend a few moments here on Ukraine because uh, it's related to other issues, including this. This is from uh, 60 Minutes. Weapons contractors are hitting the Department of Defense with inflated prices. We are seeing a massive increase in um, billing at the Department of Defense for extremely expensive weapon systems. The costs are going up not just because of inflation, but because of monopolistic practices. This is a bipartisan problem. I, I am not, and I don't want anyone to hear me cast aspersions on the present administration over this because it actually is a bipartisan problem. Democrats and Republicans have caused this. This is not an issue for partisan politics. This is an issue for general outrage. Over time, the Department of Defense has allowed weapons manufacturers to consolidate. So there used to be multiple subsidiary contractors who made parts. And the Pentagon over time allowed those contractors to consolidate. So where you had three or four subcontractors making a computer system for a Patriot missile, uh, those three or four consolidated into one. And then over time, the Pentagon allowed the primary manufacturer to buy the subcontractor. And so instead of having a subcontractor and a contractor, you just had the contractor. And so instead of having multiple different companies making a weapon system, you now have one company making a weapon system. And, and what is that called? What, 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 what do you call it when you can only buy something from one party, a, 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 a what, a monopoly? And what do you get from monopolies? Inefficiency and high cost. Bill Whitaker from 60 Minutes interviewed Shay Assad. Uh, Shay Assad, um, let me, um, he's retired. He negotiated weapon systems in the 1990s. He was executive vice president and chief contract negotiator for Raytheon. Then he switched sides under uh, George Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump. He rose to be the Defense Department's senior contract negotiator. You got that? So let me read you part of this exchange. The Pentagon granted, this is Shea Assad talking to Bill Whitaker, the Pentagon granted companies unprecedented leeway to monitor themselves instead of saving money, 
Assad told us the price of almost everything began to rise. In the competitive environment before companies consolidated, a shoulder-fired Stinger missile in 1991 cost $25,000. With Raytheon, now the sole supplier, it costs $400,000. Even accounting for inflation, that's a seven-fold increase. So a Stinger missile in 1991 cost $25,000. The same design for the same missile now costs $400,000. Wow. Um, they also talked to Chris Bogdan, retired Air Force lieutenant who oversaw purchases for the military. General Bogdan says we've only begun to feel the full impact. In 2012, he was tapped to uh, take the reins of the troubled F-35 Joint Strike Fighter program. It was seven years behind schedule, $90 billion over the original estimate. But Bogdan told us the biggest costs are yet to come for support and maintenance. Could cost $1.3 trillion. We won't be able to buy as many as we thought because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to buy it. More airplanes you can't afford than the ones you have. Our supply chain is broken in the military. Our supply chain is broken. We have allowed the weapons manufacturers of America to consolidate into monopolies. We have the Lockheed Martin uh, Boeing duopoly. Both are dependent on the government to survive. Raytheon uh, is the sole manufacturer of the Stinger missile. I think of the Patriot battery too, perhaps. They got a couple others. There used to be a plethora of defense industry manufacturers, and those have driven up costs. Not only has it driven up costs, it's driven down the reproduction rate of technology and weapons. Why? Because when you have just one company with a single supply chain, any disruption in that supply chain disrupts the whole thing. This is affecting us because of what we're giving to Ukraine. Now, you need to understand part of what we're doing here is, is badly explained. Listen, I get there are a lot of people who think we shouldn't be funding Ukraine. I disagree. I would rather us fund Ukraine than us fight the Russians. Let the Ukrainians die to stop the Russians instead of our kids. And if we don't allow the Ukrainians to do this, at some point NATO is going to have a, a spillover effect as, as Russia starts going elsewhere. I think this is a good thing for us to do to help Ukraine. But there are problems. I, I don't justify blanketly writing them blank checks and things, and there are problems. And one of those problems is the way we send armaments. Now, one of the things that is, is misunderstood here is a lot of people think we're just sending weapons to Ukraine. We are some, but in a lot of cases, what we are doing is through NATO, we are modernizing the equipment that our NATO allies have, like Poland, and we're allowing the Poles to send their old equipment to Ukraine. So Ukraine's not getting the new stuff, they're getting the older stuff, and Poland now gets the new stuff to build up Poland's arsenals. Uh, Ukraine buys from Poland, Poland buys from us. So the money flows from Ukraine to Poland and Poland to Alabama where they make a lot of our weapons systems. 
Some of the money is going to help prop up the Ukrainian economy. We're not getting that money back. A lot of it, however, we get back in terms of arms deals for various countries. But also we are sending some, so we're sending Patriot missile batteries. The president has decided he wants to send F-16s. We're not actually going to send F-16s. What we're going to do is we're going to allow other countries within NATO that fly F-16s to give Ukraine their F-16s, and then they will buy new F-16s from us and upgrade their equipment. But the president had to authorize the transfer of the F-16s. He should have done it a lot sooner. He's dragged his feet. Uh, Dan Crenshaw was on TV this weekend saying that the president, uh, better late than never, but is leading from behind. And he's not wrong there. The Ukrainians have been asking for these things for a while. Our holdup was the Patriot missile battery. We gave Ukraine the Patriot missile battery, and the Pentagon and the Biden administration said, well, we're doing it, but they're not going to be able to use it because they're not smart enough and they're not trained well enough. And it turns out not only has Ukraine used the Patriot missile battery to stop an aerial bombardment of Kiev just last week, but they started using the Patriot missile battery to, to target the MiGs, not just the missiles. And they've been shooting the Russians out of the sky. That's something we did not think Ukraine was capable of doing, and yet they did it. They, they you got to keep in mind here, the Patriot missile battery is designed to shoot incoming missiles out of the sky. The Ukrainians decided, hey, if it can shoot missiles out of the sky, why not shoot the MiGs that are launching the missiles? And they figured it all out themselves and started launching them. They wiped out the Russian Air Force last week. The the Russians lost more than a dozen MiG fighter jets last week because the Ukrainians did what we told ourselves they weren't smart enough to figure out. There's a level of arrogance there. But because the Ukrainians were able to figure it out and use it quite effectively, now we're like, all right, we'll give you the F-16s. Should have happened months ago. But at least it's happening. The problem, however, is the refresh rate. It's become very expensive because the Pentagon allowed the weapons manufacturers and the defense contractors to regulate themselves, and they consolidated themselves. It seems like we should be using antitrust laws here and start breaking them apart. We need to regroup and have multiple supply chains. You can't just have one supply chain for a weapons manufacturer because when we go to war with China, when, not if, we go to war with China, All they got to do is take out that one supply chain, and we're screwed. This is an obvious weakness within the American military right now, and it is a bipartisan. This is not an attack on Joe Biden and the Biden administration. This is a bipartisan problem. Over the last two decades, the weapons manufacturers of America under multiple administrations of different parties have been allowed to consolidate to the point where they have single supply chains for various weapons systems. And it's very easy to target a single supply chain and then disrupt the creation of that weapon system. And that's what's going on here. And it is detrimental to all of us in this country that our national security is in jeopardy due to single source supply chains and weapons manufacturer monopolies that cost us an arm and a leg to be able to get anything out of them. We have got to fix this system, not just for the Ukrainians, but actually for ourselves. Now, speaking of Patriot Battery, we should transition to Patriot Mobile and tell you if you want great cell phone service from a company that shares your values and funds the causes you care about, Patriot Mobile is where you need to go. What do they do? Well, they take their profits and they fund the pro-life movement, the Second Amendment movement, conservative parents against woke school board members. They've been very effective at it. 
and all you got to do is move your cell phone service. You get guaranteed great service. In fact, you're probably already using the same cell towers Patriot Mobile uses. You just move your service to them. You can take your existing phone number and give it to them. Get an unlocked phone. If you have one, take it to Patriot Mobile. Get a new one from them. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. You're talking to people 100% in the United States of America, and you get great service. And then they give money to the causes you care about. So you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today. You can even see their coverage map. If you don't believe me, you can go check it out yourself on their website or call them 972-PATRIOT and tell them I sent you. Greetings. Welcome. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you. Let me go to the phones. Bob, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, good morning, Eric. Or uh, good afternoon, Eric. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm good. How about um, yourself? You were you were talking about military procurement, and I thought that when we, the taxpayers, pay for the for the design, development, and testing and production certification of, of military equipment, that all becomes the property of U.S. government. Therefore, they could take those drawings and outsource them to anybody else that wants to bid on them, or even mandatorily say only 30 to 40% of the total order can go to any single source provider. Oh, that is an excellent, excellent point, and you're right. Uh, there's just one caveat here that we don't have enough anymore because we allowed so much consolidation. There's no Raytheon competitor to build the Stinger missile anymore. Well, then they should provide some incentives and yes. say, Raytheon, you have to you have to start developing these other sources, or you aren't. You know, we're not going to. Uh, it's a dead end story. You can't do that. You need the equipment. Yep, one hundred percent with you. Say, I, we got we to gotta build. We got to like like foster uh, new competitors to Lockheed Martin and to Northrop Grumman and to Raytheon and all these weapons manufacturers. We need uh, multiple uh, organizations within that can build these things. It is really ridiculous to me. And the Stinger missile, they, I, Bob, is the one that that sticks in my mind. Uh, Twenty one thousand dollars in nineteen ninety one, and the same missile is now $400,000, uh, which yep. exceeds the cost of inflation. It, it's absurd. There used to be multiple manufacturers for the Singer missile. Now there's just one, Raytheon. And, and Raytheon's not bad. Uh, don't get me wrong there. But this is what happens with monopolies. It, it is a rule of monopolies everyone understood. It's just it's unfortunate we're at this point uh, in the country where we forget the basics. We, we forget these basic things, and that's frustrating. Uh, all right. Uh, when we come back, we got to talk about the debt ceiling. I wanted to talk about it this hour, but I ran out of time. And I want to talk about it. Uh, Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy meeting. But first, so the Dodgers have found themselves in a somewhat Bud Light situation. You know, I, I'm actually going to a Dodgers game tomorrow. I, I like the Dodgers. They're not the Braves, but I like the Dodgers. They're fine. They got Freddie Freeman. Uh, so the Dodgers, are, are, they got Pride Night on June 16th. It's like the biggest night for the Dodgers is Gay Pride Night. Happens in the month of June, obviously, where every corporation breaks out their rainbows, and they're gonna. They were going to give some sort of recognition to a group called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is not just a drag queen group as was advertised. It turns out 
the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are regular aggressive protesters of the Catholic Church. They dress up as nuns and do sacrilegious things, among others. Uh, the Dodgers have a large gay fan base, but they also have a large conservative Hispanic fan base. And they decided to um, uninvite them. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence described themselves as a quote-unquote leading edge order of queer and trans nuns. And now the gay rights community is attacking the Dodgers for uninviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They're, they're in a no-win situation. Companies have got to understand that they cannot drag themselves into this like Bud Light. And now the Dodgers, Target is also, Target has started offering like trans-affirming clothing for children, which is just bizarre. Uh, and, and yet here we are. They, they, they got to avoid these issues. There is a no-win situation here. The Dodgers are getting lit on fire now by editorialists of the left for doing this. They should have never invited a group that defaces, defames, and, and does sacrilegious things with the Catholic Church anyway. They should have known better, but they didn't. And there's now that they're, they're just, everybody's mad at them. And you can't really blame everybody being mad at them. They should have not done it to begin with. They were honoring a number of other pro-gay and pro-trans groups. They didn't have to do this one, but they did. They walked it back, and now they're in trouble. Oh, well, maybe corporations will eventually learn their lesson. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.